Kravitz. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, October 14th. Welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast and Keeneland Today, I'm your host, Howard Kravitz, with wonderful young handicapper from the University of Kentucky right over there and Ben and Boozen, Mr. Noah Maher and wonderful old hand, not just kidding, handicapper Paul Halloran, my co-host from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in the Saratoga Special. Guys, how are we doing this morning? Uh, Great. Good. Wonderful. Right to rock and roll. You can feel the, the excitement and enthusiasm in their voices. Let's take care of a few quick things, guys. Please listen to us on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Of course, please subscribe on the bottom left-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. And, of course, smash. Smash that like button. We have power picks that you can subscribe to below the video player. There's only one more weekend left of Keeneland. If you're interested in subscribing to the Keeneland-only power picks next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you can do that through our website, hhhracingpodcast.com and you can do that starting Monday of next week until Thursday midnight. We're also on Instagram. Hey Noah, you're a perfect person to have on. Why don't you talk a little bit about our Instagram page? I know you've been working on it a little bit. Yeah, so our Instagram, I try and post our weekly schedules either on Monday and Tuesday when we when I find out from the boss what uh, both shows are covering. Um, so if you click on our Instagram, you'll see, uh, a post with a little bit about the show and a little bit about each of us. Uh, there's one post that takes you to our Keeneland power picks. And then there's another post that shows all the shows for the week. Yeah, it's, you've done a great job with it. We are trying to expand it. Please follow us on Insta as the kids say, uh, because we have a lot of great insight on there. And Paul, also, uh, two other quick items before we start handicapping this morning. And if you're just joining us now, welcome to the show. We'll be talking about the early pick five at Keeneland today, Saturday. And also, we're going to discuss the fantastic grade one QE2 that is, I believe, race nine today. Paul, we mentioned this on Thursday. Perhaps not everyone saw it. It's worth mentioning again, we have an extremely special and honorable guest coming on our airwaves in a few weeks, I'll put the banner up. Why don't you tell everyone about it again? We talked about this last Thursday night. Yeah, Tuesday, 1024, which is about uh, 10, 11 days from now. Uh, we will have on uh, the guy himself, Cody Dorman of Cody's Wish fame. I'm not sure who's more famous, the horse or Cody. It's probably a dead heat. But uh, he and his family uh, will join us Uh about a week before they ship out to Santa Anita to watch Cody's Wish run one last time. Actually, the, the night before Cody's Wish himself is scheduled to ship on the 25th. He worked yesterday, by the way. Good workout at Saratoga yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, got a text last night. I shared with you, Howard. Kelly was catching up on old episodes on Spotify, and he watched the Thursday night episode, and they were quite uh, – quite honored by the buildup that we gave to having them on. And they said that Cody is really looking forward to joining the HHH podcast. So there. Well, we are very much looking forward to having them. Speaking of Thursday night episodes, if you folks at home and listening, watching, curious to know our opinions on the late pick five today, other than the QE2, check out episode 296 
from Thursday night of the HHH Racing Podcast. Quick rundown of who's here. Let's see. We've got Racing Dunwin. Dave Duncan is here. Let's all find some winners and make some money. Uh, Chris is here. Chris uh, Rigothi, I believe. Chris, I'm not sure I've seen your name. Thanks for joining the show. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Uh, let's hit this early pick five. Couldn't agree with you more. Mike Monroe is here. Good morning. We have Genie's here. Michael Austin is here. Tom, Tom, Tom's up early. He's on the West Coast there from San Francisco, Noah. So it's a little bit early there for him, but I'm glad he's watching. Terry Frank. Uh-oh, Noah. He's from St. Louis. Hey, can I get one of those uh, balloons like Pete got in the, the Thursday show where I get the thumbs down? Well, if it's a thumbs down, what what happens, uh, Paul? If it's, a, if, if it's thumbs up, it's balloons. Thumbs down, is it poo-poo? We don't know. What we... We can't. We haven't figured out the metrics on those yet. We we do not know that. Uh, Rodney Evans, aka Hot Rod, top of the morning. Y'all see that monster at Newmarket horse named City of Troy? I did not, I but I know Matt Bernier tweeted out. I'll have to watch that uh, replay. So, uh, wow, Simon O'Neill. Did everyone see the best horse since Frankel? Whoa! Well, I guess we better watch that. I guess we better watch that replay, Howard. Flight line apparently. Um, wow. Okay, I'll have to watch that. Well, uh, apparently it was a complete monster. I was a little busy sleeping because I gotta be honest, guys. I need to catch up some sleep last night and this morning. I had a very long week. No, maybe it's something about uh, going to Lexington and those crazy nights in Lexington. But uh, Paul, when you miss uh, when you're when you're away for a weekend, and then of course Monday was uh, a day off for me, but still, it's taking me a little time to recover work-wise from that wonderful weekend last week. Guys, before last thing we're going to do, before we talk about the early pick five, we have to pay the bills, guys, because it's important. And there's two reasons why I want to do this. Number one, we have to pay the bill. Number two, Adelphi Racing is on a roll. They had two wins yesterday, including a first-time New York bred starter who looks like could be anything, and Constitutional Lawyer won at 9-1. to one. So let's hear from our wonderful friends at Adelphi Racing. This is about their horse and yours truly a small piece of. Funny How, who, guys, is coming back to the races in about two weeks in a stake. Here's information about Adelphi Racing and Funny How. Welcome to the Adelphi Racing Club experience. Take ownership of stakes-winning thoroughbreds like Funny How racing at the highest level circuits. Funny How is in front. It's Funny How who's up by three legs, approaching the 16th pole. It's all Funny How. Funny How, Katie Davis more than amused. Funny How wins the Broadway. Contact us online to get a taste of the Adelphi difference and come hang with us this Saratoga meet. And this aqueduct meet and next year's Saratoga meet that they has a little bit old. But anyway, Delphi Racing, congrats to Ray Handel, Christoph Clement, Matt Cuter, everyone involved with the Delphi, uh, Delphi Racing because they are knocking it out of the park these days. Contact them if you're interested in, in purchasing some horses through Delphi. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started. We got the early pick five. We're going to jump into again. Uh, Noah, you just looked outside your window. What's the, what's the weather uh, outlook there? How does it look? Um, well, I think we got just a touch of rain, you know, throughout the night. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, dirt should be fast, turf should be firm, and should we, we should be all, uh, all systems go here for today. Yeah, I think it should be all good. And of course, we know what's going on in the East Coast, but Kentucky is not the East Coast. So it doesn't, never rains on a weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. Guys, let's go ahead and bring up 
the information for the start of the pick five. Now, as everyone knows, uh, scratches are not out yet. I don't believe if anyone has information, that's including no one, Paul, if scratches do come out in the middle of the show, let's go ahead and mention those, but they should be coming out pretty soon as well. Uh, noon is start time always at Keelan. The first race of the day is a $30,000 claimer. Uh, 30, uh, again, seven furlongs and two X, the number one, two. Uh, you see the field of 10. Moyline favorite is the number five, Creative Way, for Safi and Gaffleone coming off a pretty big win. And let's bring up the banners right now for our picks. Again, my wonderful co-hosts have not seen these picks at all until right now. And here they come. And okay, not being nope. very creative with Creative Way in the first race. Paul, let's go to you first. You're going to go with the chalk. Yeah, well, I did, you know, in looking at, I, I knew Staffy, jo, uh, Staffy Joseph had good numbers, uh, and I did a little, they're better than I thought. Off the claim on dirt, he's 32%, and when you add in off a maiden win, he's 37%. Um, you know, that was a only a $16,000 race, so, but he, he had, did run three maiden specials uh, out of the shoot, and for Joe Shop didn't work well, and. Geez, he was transferred to Safi, and he had a magical, uh, magical uh, reincarnation. Um, anyway, uh, big number last time. Uh, Tyler stays on. Not the toughest field in the world. Uh, Non-winners of two lifetime. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna. This is a, a race I don't really like that much, but I'll be using the five. Uh, question in the chat about the ground should be firm turf, I'm assuming, and it's going to be fast dirt. And apparently, scratches are out according to Temple. So, if we can, someone could find those. Um, when I say someone, I mean Noah or Paul specifically, because I'm clicking about 10 buttons here behind the scenes. That'd be great. But, uh, Noah, what do you also like about the five? You know, for me, Noah, I'll say this normally, I'd be against this kind of horse who just broke his main only for 16, but. Like Paul said, the fact that that this horse was well intended and was in main special weight before means at least something to me. I'm assuming that you took that into consideration, also. Yeah, definitely well meant. Um, I just thought this race was kind of weird because you've you've got a couple of horses that are coming off of career buyers, and then you've got a uh, a majority of the field that's kind of coming off some some clunkers. Um, yeah. So I just thought, you know, Safi off the claim, like Paul pointed to, it's you know a huge stat always, and. Uh, Gaffleone at these low level types of races is just an absolute monster. Yeah, and I like to turn back too. Let's talk about the four real quick. Shot Shell. I gave this horse a, a good look. Aspison has been very good at, at Keeneland. Christian Torres. This horse has speed upon speed, uh, and the turn back shouldn't hurt. But this gun runner cult does not seem to be very brave, Noah. And it seems like if you breathe on this horse, he could be in trouble. Yeah, the the negative zero and the 41 are definitely questionable. Um, but I just think he's the the fastest horse in the race. And if Christian Torres can clear, um, yeah. I just think this horse could maybe be brave and take him. Um, I mean, those last the first two career buyers are really not far off this group. No, I and, and you know what, uh, Paul, I'm assuming you feel this way also in these cheaper races. I prefer horses on the lead. These horses just don't pass in general. Maybe Shotshell can get uh, loose 
and win. We'll just quickly mention some others and we'll move on. You're on with uh, Cannaval, the three. Oh, call on me. Call on me, Mr. Kravitz. Call on me. Um, does anyone have a question? Oh, Paul. Oh, Paulie. call on me. Paul, you got a question? Mr. Kravitz. Paul. Yes, we could, we could scratch the six in this race, Mr. Kravitz. I checked the scratches for extra credit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Noah's like, what is going on? Um, okay, the six is scratched. Had no real effect to me. Actually, could would have showed some speed. That might help your four, Noah. Um, and the, you said the eight was also scratched, correct? Did you say the eight was no, scratched? No, I didn't. Oh, no. Because I like No, Mr. Kravitz. All right. Cannaval, quick toss ball. Yeah, you know what? I almost picked this horse. And the reason I didn't, uh, in addition to the Safi stats, is – uh, Noah touched on it. I, I agree. I think I think the four is is the fastest horse in the race. If I if I thought the three could wire this field, I might have picked him. Um, Edward Vaughn is is not a big name, but off a maiden win in a very small sample, he's three for six <clears throat> over the last five years, fifty percent. You know the horse uh, broke. They had to drop him down to thirty at Indiana to break his maiden, um, which he did. That race has produced two next out winners. Uh, ironically, the horses who finished, I believe, last and second to last. So it wasn't a terrible race. He did put up a, <clears throat> a number that matches the 76 of the five. So I would, uh, I'm going to use this horse. I, I did almost pick him on top. Um, I think I picked him second. I picked him second. Yes. Okay. Uh, guys, a horse I like at a price and, if you subscribe to our power picks, boy, do I have some prices today that I'm throwing out there. And I really think they're realistic. What's wrong with Bucktown? Some explain to me why this horse should be 15 to one. I mean, I'm not going to argue with Nick Tamro, who does a great job of the morning line. He's got plenty of back numbers that fit. Just ran to 68 last time. Okay. I guess, you know, one for 10, I get it. This is not the best field. There's enough early speed. He's turning back guys. I'm very interested in Bucktown. I don't think we're going to get 15 to one. I think we're going to get more like eight to one, but I think Bucktown is very inching at least underneath in this spot where there's really no one I love here, guys. This is a pretty open first race, Paul. Would you agree with that? That's sort of a spready race for you? Well, no, I, I wouldn't. Oh. I'm not going to spread too much. I, I'm going to narrow probably. I'm probably going to narrow uh, on the top line to the, the three and five. And I, I may have the four like on the C, you know, just in case, uh, you talked to Howard about sometimes horses just keep going in races like this. And I do, uh, as Noah pointed out, I do think the four is, is the fastest horse road. Uh, it's so interesting you said that, Paul, because I look at my uh, trusty legal pad I have in front of me here, and the four is a C for me. However, might upgrade with the scratches. We'll see. And Noah, is this a spread for you, or are you going to go thinner here in the, to open if you were playing uh, an early pick five? Um. I feel like with these low level races, I, I tend to kind of spread, um, obviously with those career best buyers, you don't know, you don't really know if those horses are going to run back to them. Um, so I would probably use the three, four and five, and maybe your eight if, if you convince me there. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of great things going on in the chat guys. We can't show it all. Just, uh, our chat is extremely active and live, uh, things such as dive bomber being scratched in. Is that race six? I believe that's a monster scratch. If I think that's race six, guys. If I, uh, yeah, it should be. That's a major scratch in race six. And also Simon O'Neill from the UK says that Algiers, who ran at Woodbine 
and run ran well overseas is confirmed going to the Breeders' Cup. So again, Breeders' Cup news also coming out. Echo Zulu, by the way, brutal. No, oh. Echo Zulu got hurt. Real shame for Asterson and and is going to have to require surgery just to uh, stay alive. Unfortunately, that's a big loss for everyone, Noah, and that's going to affect the sprint quite a bit uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, the uh, the the uh, sprint. All right, I believe I'm covering the Philly and Mayor sprint. So I, I didn't know yeah. if if Aspison had really declared a spot for Echo Zulu, um, but definitely affects both races. Yeah, not officially, but I think they were going to go against the boys. Let's go to race two, guys. Right now, race two, our picks are on the bottom of the screen, and you really hear me say this. You really hear me say this. I got you, Paul. <laughs> If you are wondering, for those of you who don't know, I'm a high school math teacher. That's why he's raising his hand jokingly. Uh, Paul, you do not need to raise your hand on the show. Um, I, you rarely hear me say this, guys. I have no freaking clue who's going to win race two. I mean, it is a very difficult race. It's one of those races where I highly recommend all of you at home, please look at the uh, probable will pays going forward, race one to race two, because – Paul, again, please explain to everyone who complains, well, I don't know, I can't see the board for race two. Actually, you sort of can, Paul. Yeah, the double, the do, typically the multi-race uh, pr- probables are at least as accurate as the wind pool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you go to the first race and, and look what the doubles are paying uh, to the various horses in the second race, and you'll know who's taking uh, the action. And I just refreshed. So the scratches the nine. are not in through Equibase and through DRAP, but you have scratches, correct, Paul? Nine. Nine. Higginsville. Is that the okay? Higginsville is well, out. Well, I, I was interested ahead. a little. Yeah, I, I was a little interested in Higginsville. Oh. Are you from Higginsville? No, but it's it's interesting. You and I, Howard, I think. Uh, do you have the seven as well? You have them second. Uh, I do. Chris Hartman had two in this. Uh, yeah. Two horses in this race, mm. and he scratches the nine, and mm. that is not going to make me like the seven any less. Uh, this is a main 75, six furlongs, a lot of first-time stars. It's a field of 11 now with the scratch of nine Higginsville you see on the screen. Noah, we're going to go to you first because great minds, we hope, are thinking alike. We're going to go all the way outside here to a horse that has run that looks a little bit weird on paper. The number 12, Patriot Hills, 6-1 to more line, coming off a very poor effort, but that was Turf uh, and Saratoga, and Diodoro now has good numbers second time out with some nice works with a horse that's really bred for dirt, Noah. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering, too. I was a little concerned why Diodoro ended up throwing this horse uh, on the turf. Um, either way, uh, with the rain that Saratoga got all last meet, uh, the rail is definitely not ideal. Um, even though the race looks pretty bad, um, I think you can kind of excuse it. I think this horse wants dirt. Um, the 12 post is not necessarily ideal. Um but with a wide open race, um, and Diodoro uh, won the last race yesterday, uh, so I think this horse definitely has a shot in a race that's pretty wide open. Let's look at the breeding, and I know that some people at home know are not privy to the DRF formulator with uh, breeding, but it's really important to take a look at, especially in races like this. We know Spice Town is actually good on both um, dirt and turf, but the dam. This is a tap it dam temperate. Let's go ahead and click on it. 
And you could see, okay, she she wasn't anything special, but she was a dirt horse, which is important to mention. You go to the family tree, uh, Quiet Temper was a nice dirt horse. That's the Grand Dam. So again, this horse you think is going to be better on dirt. I don't know why he started on turf. And also the numbers for Deodora are good second time out. And for me, no, I just, I, we'll see what the board looks like. None of the firsters really did much for me. And I got a feeling this horse with Santana is going to be live. Paul, you feel somewhat this, actually you don't feel the same, Paul. You don't have the 12 anywhere, but you do have the seven, the other Hartman. I have the seven second. Noah's the seven third. Didn't do a lot of running first time out, but was five to one in a main special now dropping down against a very questionable field, most likely with Arietta. Yeah, uh, mixed mixed reviews, but uh, Practical Joke is a 17% two year, a win, two-year-old sire, and he himself was very good, obviously, at age two, three for four. Uh, Hartman's okay, second time on dirt, in dirt sprints, second time starters in dirt sprints, 14%, and, and you touched on Howard, uh, Something, something that I think is noteworthy. This horse was a little under five to one. Went off at nine to two in a maiden special uh, at Churchill. Didn't break, and uh, you know the, there was a point where, Ellen, uh, uh, congratulations to me. I was able to find the Churchill Downs replay to watch, so that was special. Oh, um, congratulations! Didn't, didn't, Yes. Um, Where did you do that really... for people that are interested in that, Paul? Well, they do. you do have it. You just On their website, they have a tote board. It's called Tote Board Replays and Results. But yeah. it is it is just so bad for the game. This pissing contest they're in with the daily racing form so we can't see them on Formulator is so, so bad for the game. But I digress. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that horse uh, – I, I have an answer for you guys, though, on the 12 and why he ran on turf. It, it was go, It was – closing weekend at Saratoga and he probably need, wanted to run the horse and there might not have been a dirt race that either filled or he, or he could have got into or whatever. And yeah. he probably wanted, he had worked them. You could see he had worked them uh, twice at Saratoga uh, going yeah. in there and he might've just wanted to give him a race. So he figured, you know, we'll throw him on turf. That that's just okay. a guess, but that was the Friday going into closing weekend. Okay. A lot. Some people in the chat are mentioning the 11 Stormy Mesa. I looked at these first-time starters very closely, uh, Paul and Noah. I'm sure you guys did too. Uh, so Stormy Mesa, you got again. You got to look at the board. This is Keneally and Saez. Uh, again, the dam though was really nothing special, and only one of the four um, horses that were foals were winners. Although one of them must have been decent. Okay, Spartan Army was was a decent horse, but not much else. I don't know. Again, I, I got to look at the board before I want to say anything of real strong opinion. No, you've got 12. Why don't you mention the five real quick and we'll move on. Jilly's West. I mean, Wesley Ward's really good. My small hesitation, why I only have this horse third, Noah, is it just seems like if this horse could run, Wesley wouldn't uh, put her in for a tag. But it's Wesley Ward and Keelan. I mean, so I'm, this horse will probably be live. Yeah, Wesley Ward and Johnny V always live here at Keeneland. Uh, this is also a Philly going up against the boys, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the work tab was a little interesting. You see some uh, some bullet works at Keeneland um, in the summer, and then brought her over to Saratoga and ran and trained her on the turf a couple times, and then ended up running back to Keeneland. So I thought that that work tab was a little interesting. 
as much as I wanted to, I, I really wanted to throw in the three just because of the name, cruising and boozing, just, just for our <laughs> D guys on Wednesday. I saw that. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that uh, gave me a little chuckle. Well, Noah, as someone who now, just for people's reference, you probably have some people watching that are not familiar with you. Noah became a Pern member of our show a few months ago, and I met him uh, last year. He does a he's an excellent young handicapping mind. For the, Noah, for people that are a little less experienced, whether they're <clears throat> older or younger, doesn't really matter. When you see that work tab with Jilly's West, that he was or she was actually at Saratoga, but didn't run, and now is running here and for a tag. Using your intelligent handicapping hat, what does that mean to you, if anything? Uh, to me, it thinks that Wesley Ward wanted to get her on the turf. Um, but maybe with the weather, he didn't really think that was a good idea. And this is the kind of the one spot that he was kind of alternatively pointing to. That's what I kind of think. I don't know about you guys. Paul, do you have any insight on that? I think it's a, something important to investigate. To me, it could be a weather issue and she didn't you know, didn't fill. Um, it also could mean the horse is a little bit ouchy and wants to work more on turf than dirt. I just don't like the fact that she's in for 75, but I'm going to use her if she's taking money. Well, again, Wesley owns this horse and bred this horse. So it's not like he's, you know, he's running a horse that, uh, Barbara Banky paid 500,000 right. for in, in right. a claimer, you Good know, point. um, so I assume he owns the mare and he bred the horse. You know, he, he did send the mare to, Uncle, uh, to Nyquist for 55 grand. So, yeah, the, I think it's very difficult to analyze uh, Wesley's thinking because uh, he, he does very well. And a lot of times he does well. And you'll say after the race, geez, I, I wonder why he I wonder why he's going to that race. So, yeah. um, you know, anytime he puts Johnny V up, I think you, you take note, obviously. Um, in two as in two year old two year old races with first time starters and dirt sprints, he is thirty seven percent over the last five years. So you might want to take note of that. So you know, I, again, um, this this isn't going to be the the Wesley two year old that you know goes off at six to five on Keeneland. Yeah, <coughs> right. Uh, we just talked about that. Yeah, Charles so, B. is saying it's a homebred, so that's a negative, I guess. I don't well, know, not necessarily. I mean, By I, the way, look who's here, Noah. Look who also is here. Your buddy, Patrick Kunzel from Bed and Booze. Good morning, gents. Good luck today. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's Patrick. a fair point. Uh, that's a fair point by Charles. Uh, again, uh, I'm, I am I don't like the horse on the top line, but I'm certainly not going to get knocked out of the pick five by the horse. Patrick, I'm either guessing, no, it just came home from maybe a JV football refereeing game because we don't just have one referee on the show, Paul, because Patrick is an excellent football linesman in high school, or maybe nice. he's about to go to a varsity game. Who knows? But Patrick, uh, or maybe the weather's just so crappy out there, there are no football games. That's possible, too. Uh, let's go on to the third race, guys. And this begins a string of very strong opinions for me. And I like to say that because, guys, I think it's important that we tell the viewers and listeners when we feel strongly and when we don't. Whether I'm going to be correct or not, I don't know. But I will say one thing I've talked about in the show quite a bit recently, Paul. Um, I've been a little bit of a slump with my pick fives. I've been Mr. Four out of five. Um, I've been haven't hit the trifectas that I've wanted vertically. One thing I have done very good at, though, to be honest, <coughs> is fading chalks. And this next race is one where I am fading the chalk here for better or for worse. Let's go ahead and bring it up right now, guys. Race three, 
bringing up on the screen right now. Race three is a very nice optional allowance claiming $100,000 mile and a 16th. This is for the two-year-olds. They're going, again, mile 16, so it's a first-line finish. It's a field of seven. Uh, no, I don't know if you've eaten breakfast yet, but interested in a ham sandwich? 30 to 1. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not. I don't think anyone's going to be. You've got a big morning line favorite, guys, and it's the number six. Read it carefully because you don't want to – this horse did not come out of retirement from last year's Breeder Cup Classic. It is light line, not flight line. Uh, which I found very interesting naming. Of course, the name came out before the horse became famous. Let's take a look at the picks there. And we are going different in three different directions here. Uh, Light Line is the big four to five favorite <coughs> in Gaffleone. Paul, you do believe in Light Line, and you think he's going to win again. Well, I, I, I narrowed it down. I think there are three of the seven who can win, and I, and I took long looks at all three of them. Um, no scratches, by the way. Is that correct? No scratches in this right. race. This uh, race. Although stick, Sticky Note is a little lighter than last race because he's a gelding. Okay, just a little bit or a lot, depending on. Well, anyway. Go well, ahead. we don't. We we that, that's a story for another day. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, okay, Indiana. So, but you know, Cox uh, is based at Churchill and ships to Indiana a lot, and that is not necessarily considered a negative uh Ellie, obviously won that race can i push back a second can i push back sure yeah. i know the Alba family ownership doesn't need money probably but why not run in a race for 120 instead of a race for 34 well because if you can afford 600 for the horse to your point you well <laughs> you know but, but uh, I, I don't know i, I, mean, I, that I was just, at the that was at the uh weird no, that was that was when they were back at Churchill, right? Yeah, they were at Churchill. I, I just find, I just mentioning it. I, I, maybe it's not negative. <laughs> yeah, it's worth no, it's, pointing out. And Paul, as you talk, yeah, this, no, I'll I mean, the replay and stop interrupting. Yeah, to me, I mean, two horses, two horses came back out of that race uh, again. It's Indiana, Horseshoe uh, yeah. uh, Indiana. For better or for worse, two horses came back out of that race to run second in the next start. Their buyer figures went up by twenty-one and fifteen points respectively. Um, you know, this is obviously. Um, you know, uh, nothing. Uh, Manny Esquivel doesn't really have to do much on this horse. Takes the lead, as you see, as they're straightening out and uh, pulls away to win by whatever he won by, 13. Um, I, I do think that 83 might look a tad high, um, to be honest with you, uh, for that race. Uh, they went 24 and 4 and 49 and 3 and won 14 and 3. So <clears throat> I'm not saying it was the fastest race in the world. But the other two horses, Howard, the reason I landed on him is I came up with reasons why I didn't necessarily love the other two horses. Seize the Gray was in a race that effectively should have fallen apart. They, they went way too fast. And um, West Saratoga, uh, who came back to run a, a mediocre fifth last week in the Futurity, he did pick up the pieces. Seize the Gray did close late, but he did, you know, in, into a very fast pace and could only manage fourth. Edified is the other horse I looked at. He did have trouble at the start. He was way back in the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in the Iroquois, made a move on the turn, but he, he flattened out 
uh, late. And, and again, I, I do not think that was a great running uh, of the Iroquois. Uh, and the Saratoga Special, which Edify comes out of, five horses have run out of that race. The best to come back is a third. So, um, yeah, I, I don't like uh, backing into the chalk, but uh, if he repeats that performance, regardless of where it what took place, uh, I think he wins this race. So there. I love to hear people comment in the chat on whether it's a positive, a negative, or neutral, that light line began his career at, at Indiana, Horseshoe, Indiana. Please comment in the chat on whether you believe that's a factor or not. Noah, you're going to go against the light line a little bit also. You're going to go with the five stretch ride, who won for Dale Roman's first time out, which is something that Dale Roman's doesn't usually do. Yeah, I uh, I kind of went with a little flyer here in the five. I just think the way that these early pick fives are going at Keeneland, just – how they've been paying monstrous you don't get that kind of price by betting four to five so you gotta you gotta find another avenue to go um but with stretch ride i obviously we can't see that last race but when i watched it i was i was pretty impressed uh by this colt i mean he got passed going into the far turn and he fought back i mean you don't you don't typically see that with horses let alone horses that are you know starting their career for the first time uh, and like you said, Dale Romans is not really a guy who really fires first out. Um, so with a horse at a price, I'm, I'm going to take a shot. This is what I love about handicapping guys and horse racing. Charles B, obvious single on the six, right? And then you go down to Christopher, dead against the six. Here. I mean, it, it, Paul, that's what makes this this game great, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, it, it's really great because we have astute viewers. We don't just, uh, you know, we don't have jamokes in our chat. Oh, cer certainly not. Uh, I watched the replay of Stretch Ride, Noah. I agree. He was in a weird spot. He took back, came on again. I'm not sure how strong the field was, but for a Dale Romans horse who was that first out, I'm interested by three cents out of a quality road mare. So you'd think two turns, not an issue. And this jockey is actually not too bad. He, he's not well-known, but he's not too bad. Paul, here's the thing. I, I don't disagree with anything you said about your wonderful analysis of this race. It's not that I'm totally against light line because of his talent. I'm against light line in this race for two reasons. One, he's going to be a low price. And this is a much, much tougher field than he faced last time. Like, this is a grade two field compared to the horses he faced last time. So at some point, as Matt Bernier likes to say, Lightline you would think would face some resistance and wouldn't have things as easy. Could Lightline be the next best thing and be like on the Derby trail, you know, and be in a big stake race at Churchill over Thanksgiving and, you know, be the talk of the, of the town uh, at some point. Sure. Very possible. That doesn't mean I have to like him today though, Paul and Noah. And, I agree, Paul. I wasn't a huge fan of the Iroquois, but I like this horse stretching in two turns. That's my big angle, Seize the Gray. Um, he's by Arrogate out of a, start, a smart strike mare. I have a feeling the longer the better. You know, Dwayne's got this horse ready. Um, unfortunately, because it's a my racehorse horse, you know that Seize the Gray is going to take probably more money than he should probably more like five to two versus a light line, you know, for, you know, even money or something. That being said, this is just a much tougher field and I have no interest on the win end using light line. Now in the pick five, no, you just mentioned I'm absolutely using light line and I'm looking at my 
Um, I, I right now I've got him as an A. So people are saying, "How are you? You're talking out of your ass." But a win bet versus being alive in a pick five falls two different things, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the win bet you you got to have a price that you're willing to accept. You know, the pick five it's twenty percent of the sequence. Is that right, Mr. Kravitz? Twenty percent of the sequence, one race. How do I do? Noah's Noah's the you know he's he's taking econ. He did well in school. I mean, is that right, Noah? One out of five. Last time I checked, yeah. All right. All right. Even, even in California. So, um, All right. You know, <laughs> again, fun. it's uh, in the pick five, uh, the multi-race sequences, which we all love, are you know very much uh, survive in advance uh, mentality, yeah. and uh, you know it's it's really why you, you should go ABC um, yes. because in your case, Howard, if you are against the six, you know you yeah. certainly you know you want to use them, but you may not want to use him equally, right? So, yes. um, anyway. I agree. Let's move on to race four, guys. Race four uh, is a race that we're all going with the eight, but I got to say, I don't trust a lot of horses in here. Scratched. Scratched. Who, the eight? I loved the eight in this mm-hmm. race, Howard. Loved, loved, loved. Wow. Any, any other scr- oh, the three is scratched also. Okay, scratch oh, the three. This is... Scratch the eight, which are three, two of my top three choices. So it looks like I'm going to have to revisit some things yeah. here. As you see, our yeah, I, I had the eight on top, Howard, so I can go nine, seven, four now. All right, let's let's change. Well, let's change them right now. Then, well, if you nine, want, you don't have to. But no, let's do it for the fans. <coughs> they they deserve to see something. Nine, seven, four. Noah, you want to give me a ten, um, five, something? Ten, five, nine. Okay, let's change this right now. Ten five nine and guys, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. So I'm gonna, I, I don't want to uh, waste people's time here live on the show. I'll just keep my eight nine three. Those two of them are not running. Uh, let's go to you. Know you're gonna go with the ten. I thought. Let me bring up the uh, race here. Claiming sixty two five. They're going six and a half for the older girls. It's now a field of eight. You're gonna go with Shell Shock, Asperson, and Keith Asperson, the son, um, a six year old mare. I think there's a new horse for. Asperson, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, what do you like about this one, Noah? Yeah, well, like you guys said, when I first took it to took a look at the race, I really liked the eight, um, and I thought the ten was more of a board horse, so he he just kind of like naturally moved up just because the eight scratched. Um, but with Shell Shock, I I like the the new acquisition for Asmussen, and I really like that he raises his horse off the claim and he's given this horse some time. Um, can he win? I don't know, but he's 14 for 26 in the money. Um, so at eight to one, I expect him, you know, to improve and, and run a decent race against the field that I didn't think was really all that great. Yeah. I have no problem with that as I'm, I'm, I'm making my switch right now, guys. And who did I go with? That's right. You're like the four. What the hell's that? Well, I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, who I didn't have originally, but now I have shell shock, um, should get a nice trip, Noah. Um, is a six-year-old, two for 26. So I'm assuming you're hoping that uh, Asherson has the right uh, medicine, so to speak. But, I mean, she fits at this race, Paul. And now without the three who had speed and the eight who was dead speed, who you loved, this has turned into a real crapshoot. And you're going to default to the nine, who I now have, two to one. Um, she showed more speed last time, which I liked. And maybe she's improving as a four-year-old. Paul, but I don't know. I, I, this is not a, 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 a eight to five shot. I'm going to be cutting a line to bet on the win then. That's for sure. 
Yeah, you know, I, I I thought the original makeup of the race, I thought it was only the eight or the nine. And the question was, would the nine catch the eight? Now, without the eight, without the three, I, I you know, the nine becomes my top pick, pick, but it does become, I think, a more difficult uh, circumstance uh, for her. That that race last time that the nine was in, uh, she she was closer. And, and Howard, they flew in that race early, 21 and two. Uh, and the the only problem is the winner didn't didn't remember to stop, and uh, this horse yeah. almost got there. Um, but I love the eight. Where, you know, we don't talk about scratch horses, but Falcone had this exact circumstance yesterday with a horse that I had in the power picks, uh, huge bigly. You know, a horse yes. uh, off the claim on dirt. The only difference was route versus sprint. So. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly like the nine the best now, but I probably am going to take another look at the four because I think the four now will lead this race. Well, you're also taking a look at the four because your teacher says to look at the four. So. Well, I'm waiting for the words of wisdom and hoping they get here before post time. Look, the, <laughs> well, they're about to come right now. I did not Excellent. have the four in my top three originally. Guys, I don't know if she can run well enough against this field. I don't know if she gets the distance. This four feels the like of the four in the first race, Noah, who doesn't seem very brave, but you know what? She might be loose now, guys. She's coming out of five furlong races. Um, she has gone a mile in the 16th and six furlongs, and she ran okay, actually, in the fairgrounds, guy, at the fairgrounds, excuse me, in the winter. I don't know if she's a turf horse. Two back. It was off the turf. She ran well enough. I don't know. This is a complete stab. But again, guys, I want someone who's got some speed. And Talmo's probably going to be aggressive here. I think you could do worse <clears throat> with the four. So I'm going to throw the four in there. I don't have an overly strong opinion. Now I'd use your 10 also. No, this race now has become a bit more spready for me than before. Before we go on to the last leg of the pick five, then quickly talk about the QE2. Guys, we've got a ton, and I mean a ton of people watching live right now. Really appreciate you watching the HHH racing podcast we do have a show tomorrow morning uh for keeneland today so please check that out tomorrow morning at 10 30 eastern you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor and of course we have power picks look below the video player for our keeneland only tip sheet there's only one more week left but if you're interested uh take a look at that and then we also have fantastic regular power picks and this weekend guys on today's power picks I cover the late pick five at Keeneland and a really interesting late pick for Laurel because Laurel, let's not give them short shrift, <clears throat> has Maryland Million Day. It's all uh, stakes all day at Laurel for the Maryland breads. And I've got some bombs. And guys, I have two, count them, two 30 to one bombs I'm tipping out on the power picks. And I tipped one of them out on the Keeneland power picks as well. Um, I'm not going to mention who they are. I'll say one is in the last race at Keeneland, who I think is interesting underneath. Maybe uncle, uh, cousin, or nephew Paul can figure that one out. Of course, there's only one 30 to one uh, morning line, so you'll figure it out quickly. And then there's a horse in race. Oh, boy. Race. Um, let me find it real quick. Race nine at Laurel, who's trained by a guy with the last name of Kravitz. Um, no, not related. Uh, who, by the way, also trained in Nimitz class, Paul, you know, that horse, I believe. 
upset gunite. Yes. Anyway, I'm going with some complete bombs today, and hopefully we can find some winners. So, again, thanks for watching. Let's go to the last race of the pick five. No, I'm going to have you go first with your analysis right now. Now, there's some big scratches, and they actually came up here on Equibase. So the two is out. Or excuse me, the one is out. No. And the 11 is out, it looks like, according to That's it. Equibase. Okay, the one and the 11. I was thinking about the 12 in the next race. Uh, but anyway, the one and the 11 are out. The morning line favorite here, and let me switch the banners right now. Hold on one second. Let me do that. Give me two seconds, guys. There are the banners. Uh, you see on the bottom of the screen, this is now a nine-horse field. The morning line favorite is the number two, Catmint, Cox, and Drew, Noah, you're going to three for Graham Motion. Zipadu, Flavian in the irons. Talk about Zipadu, Noah. Yeah, I'm hoping that Zipadu can Zipadu out on the front end because I don't. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't really uh, see a lot of you know early pace in this race. Um, I'm just thinking Pratt's going to be aggressive. Um, second time off the layoff. Uh, Motion had this horse off from December until August um, and had the lead in that colonial ace, but probably got tired uh, and was four to five. Um, I just think Zipidu's probably going to have the lead at the top of the stretch and, and Pratt's just going to just try to, you know, get to the lead and, and see if others can try and catch him. I agree. Uh, this looks like the speed of the speed to me, Paul, you've got the three in, Third, I've got the three second. Uh, natural improvement, three year old filly, uh, by uh, Ghost Zapper out of an arch mare. Uh, we know the breeders are very good, uh, and been long time uh, connections with Grand Motion. I see no reason why the source can't take a big step. And let me just well, I'll give you, I have a very, 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 very strong opinion in this race, which I will hold off until Paul gives his pick. You know, Paul. You and I, sir, we, we are cheeky fellows, aren't we? You know, I thought, you know, no one's going to have this eight anywhere. And then my good buddy, Paul Halloran, like I said, Paul, on Thursday's show, we're either going to have a great day or an awful day. You and I are both going with the 10 to 1 morning line with three of his four race, three of her four races. Excuse me. Where's my beverage? Hold on a second. Three of her four races with massive buyers in the 50s, and all these other horses have buyers in the 70s, yet somehow you and I land on apparently a secret, a king's secret. What do you think, Paul? Tell yeah. us why. I think I think at this point, Howard, people are not going to believe us when we say we don't consult on this stuff ahead we of time. We really don't, guys. But we don't. Go ahead. Um yeah, I, I love this horse. Uh I, I oh. was I was gonna have a uh a, a pretty big double uh, with the eight in the last race into this horse, which I'm no longer going to have because the eight in the last race is scratched. Um, this horse ran much better than it looked in both of the last two races, especially last time. You, you know, you, you got to watch it. Um, bred, for, bred to uh, go long on turf all day, if you, if you look at the breeding. And that Saratoga race, uh, you talked about the 50 buyers, Howard, but there's a 74, uh, which which obviously yep. would fit uh, very well here. Uh, you get Blinkers on. First time uh, Blinkers on is a 16% angle for Brendan Walsh. Now, if you look at the if you look at the PPs, it looks like Brendan Walsh hasn't won a race. He's won a race on Thursday and a race on Friday. 
So all of a sudden, he's no longer winless at the in the early stages of the meet. He obviously does outstanding with Tyler uh, Kingman. Uh, as we talked about it, you know, his average winning distance of uh, the progeny of Kingman, Kingman, are just under a mile, seven point nine furlongs. Uh, I get the three. The three was uh, uh, Noah, uh, the horse that I picked third only because I picked the nine second because the nine always runs second. Uh, the three, the race he comes out of uh, is, is a little interesting. Uh, Queen's Garden came back to win, to run second in an allowance. Uh, Queen's Garden was nine to five in that race. Although I got to tell you, uh, Zippadu really didn't have any excuse in, in that race. Uh, took Took the lead opened up a little bit in the stretch and just got past like uh, she was running in, in quicksand. Other oh, than let's Queen's say, look Garden. at that replay. Oh, no, yeah. we can't because it's Colonial oh, yeah. owned by yeah, CBI. Yeah, I found it. Oh, no, Mr. Kravitz, I found that one, too. I know. Uh, <laughs> can't find it through DRF. But anyway. Now, other than Queen's Garden, five other horses have come back out of that race, and none of them have hit the board. So right. I'm thinking that, you know, that race was just okay. I think the three's formidable. Pratt obviously makes a huge difference. I yep. love Graham Motion, but I really like the eight in this race. Guys, I've mentioned this recently that I've been very good fading chalks. And by the way, Noah's got the eight third. Let's not give Noah short shrift. He thinks the eight's inching also. Guys, Catman. Can we talk about Catman a second before we go to the QE2? If you don't, Listen, l- let me say this first of all. Cat Mint could win this race. She can absolutely win this race. She's 5-2. to two. It's Cox, Judmon Farms, Drew, Kittens Joy. Okay? Yes. This two can win the race. So if she wins this race after I go on my diatribe in a second, please don't email and say, Howard, you said the two can't win. Now I lost $1,000 in my early pick five. Please. The two can win. Guys, she's going to be 9-5. to five. Did anyone watch that last replay? She got the most perfect trip I have ever seen. There were no horses around her. There were like three or four horses battling up front. She tipped out with no, she didn't have to go through any holes. She didn't get bumped. She was just moseying along. Like that's the best she could have possibly run. And guys, she lost to a horse who was 0 for 5 at the time. Here's who Kevin lost to last time. Does anything on this page like blow you away, Marabella? Not me. So can the two win this race? Of course. Do I want any piece of this horse anywhere, like nine to five? This is like one of my, this is like Annapolis kind of fade to me, guys. I just, I do not like Catmint at all. She's like a, a C minus to me. If she wins this race, then I'm just wrong. And she'll have to get an absolute dream trip to do it. I don't have anything to add about the eight and the three or the nine. I have really nothing else to add, Paul. The nine just burns money and just runs 72, 73, 72, 72 blah, blah, blah. And a lot of these horses run that number. But, no, I think this is a great exercise for people like yourself and also people who have not handicapped very long. Because when you look at the two, you're like, ooh, Cox, Drew, Judmon, five to two. It's like a single. Do your homework, people. She is nothing special. And Noah, I don't know if you think about this also. She did not debut until J- July 31st of her three-year-old year. And when you have these kind of connections, though, don't you think if she was fully ready to go or healthy or who knows, she'd debut earlier? That's another thing I think about, Noah. Yeah, it's definitely a weird spot to debut, you know, a, a 
a horse that they, you know, have good intentions for. Um, I, I actually think you're going to get less than the nine to five. I just think with really Giroux and Cox and Judmont, I, I think we'll get better prices on both our three and eight. Although the eight will probably at most be five to one. Um, but if you want to, if you want to know early, make sure you look at those double probables and those pick five will pays. Yes, the, absolutely. The, those are two good things to look at guys. We're going to very qu- quickly close the show by looking at the QE2. We talked about the QE2 race nine. It's the only grade one. Uh, it's only stake on the card today uh, at Keeneland. And boy, is it a fantastic race. Let me bring it up very quickly. And there are some scratches guys that I'm looking at right now for the first time that are in, and they're on the screen right now, Paul. So you can just take a look at it. We've got scratches in the grade one QE2, 600,000 mile and eighth, three-year-old girls, it's a fantastic race. Scratch the three, Safine. Scratch the six, Be Your Best, who I know I believe is running in New York or was going to run in New York today. Scratch the nine, Heavenly Sunday, who was going to show speed. And scratch the 11, pre Prerequisite as well. I'm not going to um, go to the PPs. I'm just going to take your picks. And I don't have banners also. But Paul, um, actually, I need to look at the PPs myself just to see if that affects the pace scenario. Paul, who'd you like in the QE2 that we discussed on detail Thursday? Yes, uh, I think you and I, this is another race where you and I are brothers in arms and hopefully yes. not brothers in losing tickets. No. Uh, we. I like Jessica Harrington's horse, the seven, the Sounds of Heaven, Shane Foley, Jessica Harrington, have this horse as a straight A, ran, missed by a length to Tahira two races back. Uh, you know, this race is highly likely to be won by a euro which is stating the obvious i know there was some talk in the chat the other night howard i think about freddie is the red i think a few people that horse did draw in yes. so if you like freddie is the red be aware that he did draw in because of uh, she she, she did draw in freddie is the red there you go no do you have uh, any water in? No. all right that's tricky by Feel the way free. if i oh yeah if I, it's not freddie oh god yeah, so I, I like the seven uh, the best here. I think okay. the uh, favorite's going to be the four, obviously, the Godolphin horse with Ocean Murphy, but uh, I landed on the seven. Yeah, I did too. And and there's some speed that came out of this race now, Paul. This becomes more of a jockey race. Um, I know the seven has shown some speed before. I mean, you never know, no, with these zeros if they're going to show speed or not. But there is not a lot of speed in this race. And Noah, I know you watched euros quite a bit and you're you're learning as you go along here to me paul and noah the slower the pace the more that actually helps the euros because they are taught overseas to quicken you know in every you know in in that last 200 meters much more so than the americans that's just the way they train so even if you have a euro that's coming from behind if it's a slower pace to me that helps the euros as if noah they need more help in this race you're going with the two by the way elusive Princess No, who ran very well last time at Saratoga, but it was in the bog at Saratoga. We talked about this Thursday. It looks like it's going to be firm there in Lexington today, but she's very logical. Yeah, I thought there were quite a few ways you could go, especially underneath, but now with the, I thought the 9 and the 11 were pretty much the pace in the race, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what the jockeys do yeah. uh, in terms of pace. Um, I just, I went with the Lucid Princess. I think the move to Delacour was kind of the plan all along. Um, and with that last race, you know, uh, 
of course they had to tip 11 12 wide to you know get out of the the uh quicksand that was down there on the rail yeah um but you know there's more energy expounded than you think when it comes to you know moving a horse wider than they're typically known to do um and when she crossed the wire it looked like she really had a lot left in the tank so uh, i'm kind of just banking on the fact that she's got you know a little bit more to give uh against a pretty group here uh in the qe2 yeah it should be a great race um and it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle the mile and eighth the firmer turf there's a lot of question marks uh with the scratches so it'd be interesting there's also someone said there's a scratch in the last race which i know is completely i'm just curious because that's where my bomb is um, actually, there's quite a bit of quite a few scratches, so I probably won't be getting my 30 to one that I want, and probably the speed is coming out, which I don't want either. But um, first mission is still in, though, boys. First mission is back, Paul. I guess we'll end the show with this. And again, thank you very much, everyone, for watching and listening. We really appreciate. We wish everyone a lot of luck. Noah, I'll ask you this question. First mission, of course, was the horse that was going to be the favorite in the Preakness that's coming back. I threw out maybe if he runs well today that Cox would go to the grade one Clark handicap, which is run on Thanksgiving day uh, at Churchill with a horse like first mission, Noah, if he's talented, he's got a lot of options, including next year, the Pegasus going overseas. I mean, it's, it, it might not be the biggest negative to have a horse that, you know, had an injury and now is going to be fresh going into you know, like the winter and the spring while these other ones are going to be the Breeders' Cup classic have been running this whole time, Noah. Yeah. I just think Cox knows what he's got under him. Um, and he's not going to push the button too soon on anything. Um, I think he's, he's a little similar to like a proxy type, uh, in the Clark, um, which that was a Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Cox is going to take his time. Um, I I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, you know, in the next three, four months. Uh, and maybe we'll see him in the Pegasus. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Paul, any final thoughts for today? The weather's going to work out nicely. Keeneland is an interesting uh, card. Check for scratches and changes. And we got a lot of exciting things coming up on this show, guys. I, I'm going to send out a mass email. Um, if you'd like to be on our email list, by the way, please email me right down below there. Uh, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com if you'd like to be in our email list. Paul, we've got great interviews coming up. We have Breeders' Cup uh, specials. This The next few weeks is going to be gigantic. We have possibly a horse we own or partially own running in the Breeders' Cup. We've got another one. I don't know if you saw the newsletter. Copper Missile will be running at Keeneland, Noah, at the end of the meet, uh, Crown's Way Society, in allowance race. So, Paul, we got a ton of exciting things going on here on the podcast as we go into Breeders' Cup weekend in three weeks, Paul. Which is really great because it makes those uh, few weeks go by even faster as we get ready to uh, board our respective aviation devices to, to head west absolutely which is, we're very very much uh, looking forward to uh november 1st for me i think you'll be in the, a little after that howard but we'll we'll leave the light on for you and uh guess who's gonna be, be joining... in california guess who's gonna be in california before me also noah nice you going yeah. to the cup noah yeah i'll see you guys there awesome awesome yeah well i'll certainly be there on thursday uh for my inaugural trip to Santa Anita. I'm very excited about it. I'll be there Thursday. I'll be out there in the morning. Uh, clock is corner. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. But yeah, there's, every, there's a lot a lot to, to do between now and then. <laughs> 
Noah, final thoughts on the <laughs> Keelan card or anything going on in your world while we as we end the show here? Uh, yeah, yeah, I well, mean, it's, it, oh, I'm sorry. You said no, not Paul. <laughs> yeah, he was calling on me. I had, I had my hand raised. I'm sorry, Mr. Kravitz. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good last couple of weeks here at Keeneland. And like Paul said, it'll just make the time go quicker until uh British cup weekend. Um, and I'm looking forward to see some faces that I saw last weekend and some new ones here on the, in the podcast as well. Absolutely. Paul, do you have something you want to add here? Ted? No, no. I just thought you said Paul. I always hear Paul. That's all I hear. Paul. It's all, everything's always just about Paul. 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 It's Paul. all about me. Uh, uh, Paul. Good luck in the contest today. By the way, yeah. I assume it sounds like Thank you're you. playing. So uh, that's very exciting. And like I said, if you have a good day, I'll have a good day. For my co-host Noah Maher and Paul Howard, and this has been your host Howard Kravitz. Keeneland today. Join us tomorrow morning, ten thirty Eastern. Will be myself and Pete Visco, who is authoring the Sunday Keeneland. Power Picks, we will chop up the late pick five starring a horse named Caravel running tomorrow Sunday at Keeneland in late pick five. Good luck, everyone. Crush your bets at Keeneland today. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.